Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I'm speaking to you today about the problem of suffering. The problem of suffering relates to the historical legacy and existential reality of misfortune and pain, whether experienced by individuals or as a collective, whether at the hands of systems, individuals, or as a misadventure of nature, in which people suffer cruelty violence or disadvantage and pain and for which there is no answer or redress or evident justification which appears to target the same people over and over again from multiple sources often people try to find explanations and solutions and relief from the problem of suffering and often there is none I believe that the problem of suffering is at least in part what is being grappled with by the prophet in 2nd Isaiah chapter 40. To fully grasp what are the issues underlying Isaiah 40, we need to pay attention to the context of <clears throat> chapter 39. After a period of his illness, out of courtesy, gratitude, or just naivety, Hezekiah the king of Israel had shown fully the treasury of Israel to the visiting Babylonian envoy. The prophet Isaiah, who found out about it, warned that in short, in a short while, Babylon would capture the entire treasury and everything that Israel had. The Babylonian exile of Israel followed. And by the time chapter 40 opens at the start of the second book of Isaiah, Babylon had been vanquished. Medo-Persia was the empire and Israel was being allowed to return to Zion and everlasting joy would be upon their head. The scars of the exile remained and chapter 40 includes something of an attempt to grapple with this and is a cross-examination of the historical circumstances from the underside of history, from the victims, from the perspectives of the problem of pain, of suffering and of evil. It is a place to which we also often come. The problem with evil is its persistence, its randomness but it is also its targeting of vulnerable and at-risk population while exacerbating existing inequalities. How do we make sense of life when random acts of nature or orchestrated evil at human hands or human systems only serve to pour oppression upon oppression? It does not matter if it is an adverse medical report 
or a pink slip from your job or it is an act of criminal violence or personal carelessness. We have no luck. There is a brutishness to our existence. This is where the prophet is when he poses the question, why do you complain, O Jacob, and say, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is disregarded by God? How often have I said that myself? I cannot watch these online videos of encounters with black men and police in America. I know how it is going to end. But black men are also the 40% of the victims that die from COVID. What makes matters worse is that when others that we believe to be more eminently qualified for punishment get their encounter with COVID, not only does all their power and privilege determine the quality of care that is the finest and the best, but also the illness does not have the sudden turns in the road. It does that sends other victims into the sharp downwards spiral. Even the virus appears to treat different people differently. Why is our cause disregarded? by God. Why do gunmen in getaway cars not have flat tires? Why do their engine light not come on? Allow me to make three points about the nature of the problem of suffering from Isaiah 40. One, the first, the problem of suffering does not mean that, does, that God does not care. The context is that based on naivety of Hezekiah and treachery of Nebuchadnezzar and a long history of their moral failings, Israel was sent into exile for 70 years. What we see here are an uprooted but hopeful people on their way back to their wasted homeland without resources and still vulnerable. So they ask, is my cause disregarded by God? The text answers that God cares. It begins with the words, comfort, comfort my people. The Greek translation used the word which we have come to translate paraclete or advocate, someone to walk alongside of us in our misery. God cares. He says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And he calls for the herald to shout the good news in Zion. He leads his people tenderly like lambs. It is difficult to face the randomness and the targeting by the forces of oppression and then the silence of God. It is easy to believe that our way is hidden from God and our cause disregarded by our God. We have to know whether or not the suffering comes to us individually or collectively, God cares. He stands with us. He advocates for us. God handles us gently. God knows our frame that we are dust and he offers us a word of hope and joy. Do not believe that we have been left alone and abandoned by our God. 
God has promised never to leave us alone. God cares. The second, the problem of suffering does not mean that God is not in charge. The prophet gives us a check on the nature of God, of our faith. Let us enumerate some of them. Hear him. Listen to the prophet. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow weary or tired, and his understanding no one can fathom. And again he says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? or with the breath of his hand, marked off the heavens, who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on a scale, and the hills in a balance, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, who or instruct the Lord as his counselor, whom did the Lord consult when like him, and who taught him the right way. God is vast. God is wise and God is in charge. We are not alone in the universe. It is not up to the wealthy and the powerful alone. God is in charge. He stretches out the heaven like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like a chaff. All of this means that God is above the fray, that God sits high above the circle of the earth enthroned between the cherubim. God is not subject to the contingencies of deadlines. It does not have to happen on November 3rd for God to remain in charge. God has the earth and the heaven in the hollow of God's hand. We are like specks of dust before the vast, incomparable and incomprehensible God. God's ways are past finding out. God's judgment are inscrutable. God has God's finger on the details. God has not lost sight of the plot. God is in complete charge. Thirdly, the problem of suffering does not mean that we will not overcome. Suffering may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The suffering of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. We will make it through. We will make it over the hill. We will get to the other side. It will make sense after all. We shall overcome. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on our way. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over the way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered, out from the gloomy pass, till now we stand at last, where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. The word says, 
that they that hope in the Lord, they that wait on the Lord, shall gain new strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. It speak about, speaks about three key resources in the struggle to make sense of our nonsense. The first is patient endurance. We have to keep going and not rush to judgment. The second is fitful expectation. We cannot sin against hope in despair. We have to keep our wits about us, our chins held high, our breast to the wind. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is, and God is the rewarder of those that seek him. We seek for a city that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And thirdly, we do this with an energetic engagement. In the bus boycott of Alabama, in the heady days of the civil rights struggle, the black people after Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat, boycotted the bus for 381 days. They walked all the way. Of course, the boycott by black people brought the bus companies to its knees financially and the Supreme Court eventually rendered segregation on buses unconstitutional. They tried to, to lower black people back on the bus, to taking the bus, but to no avail. One day, a white bus driver tried to get Mother Pollock, an 82-year-old African-American lady who had been walking her long way to work and back to get on the bus. He would stop beside her and open the door of the bus, but she kept going. Finally, he drove up and stopped beside her and demanded that she get in, and still she refused. And he said to her, get in, aren't you tired? And she said, my feet are tired, but my soul is rested. It is Isaiah who said, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We shall come rejoicing bringing in the sheaves we shall overcome the struggle may be long but the victory shall be sweet we shall overcome our fight against violence our struggle with corona our fight against cruel inequities our struggle to make sense of our world we shall overcome god cares god is in charge of our lives and of our world and we shall be victorious we shall overcome Amen.